When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Huddle Reloaded here on the Sooner Sports Podcast as we inch closer to OU Texas. Saturday, State Fair of Texas, inside the Cotton Bowl. The Sooners will battle the Longhorns and will be on the air with a 9 a.m. pregame show to get you ready for the 11 a.m. kick. For the next 45 minutes, Toby Rowland, the voice of the Sooners, and Teddy Lehman break down the matchup. A reminder that on Friday, we'll drop the scene setter. That's tomorrow, right here, the audio version and you can hear the entire Coach's Corner featuring Cale Gundy, Ruff and McNeil, and a ton of memories and projections of OU Texas. So in other words, what might make more sense is to say we're sharing a lot of great stories from OU Texas past and talking a lot about the matchup coming up on Saturday. So enjoy the huddle reloaded and please subscribe to the podcast at Soonersports.com slash podcast. Love this week. Yeah. It's always to, fun. You have to pace yourself a little bit. I find myself having that. Don't get too excited too early. It's a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> well you know, said. you well get hyped, then you get worried, then it's like, oh, don't jinx it, and then it's going to be great, yeah. and then what about the weather? You know, it's just confidence, yeah. dread, it's confidence. Fun. <laughs> That's it's right. fun. Opening segment presented by Noble McIntyre at McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all of your personal injury needs. Before we talk about the Red River Showdown, let's look back to the 45-20 win over Kansas on Saturday. Speaking of weather. That was a factor. This game was delayed by 25 minutes. 
looked like it might be a couple of hours there for a while, but they got it underway. Sooners a little bit flat early on, turned on the Jets, scored 42 unanswered. Little ugly at the end, gave up right. a couple of touchdowns. But what was your assessment? I, I think everything considered, um, I, I don't think you're – you're thrilled with the way that it went, but I think it's kind of to be expected. You know, the weather, the 11 o'clock kick, we stayed in, in Kansas City. It's about, what, a 45, 50-minute mm-hmm. bus ride in. So you combine a, a group of 20-year-olds waking up at 6.30 with a quiet 45, 50-minute bus ride. Then you pack into a, a tight locker room. It looks like you're going to be delayed. The coaches come in. All right, guys, settle in. We may be delayed here for a couple hours. Then all of a sudden, nope, we got a 35-minute warm-up. Let's go kick this thing off. It's just it, it was a strange start to the game. I think that's maybe why we got off to the slow start we did. But you mentioned it. 42 unanswered points. Uh, completely dominated the middle part of that football game. 42-7. to seven. Um, Late, I think guys start looking at the clock a little bit. Let's get out of town. Let's get out of here. And you give up some late scores and, and don't look very good down the stretch. But uh, all in all, I, th- <laughs> I was talking with Gay Bikert on the way out of town. And he said, when you go to Kansas – you never leave with the loss, but you always leave disappointed. And <laughs> I think that's kind of the way it is. It's just like, you know, I, I don't know that you're ever going to be satisfied unless you win the game 70-0, yeah. to zero, but it's, it's, it's a win and you move on. Yeah. Let's take a look. At, you know, remember last week before we go to the highlights, I said I don't think Zach Tilly knows you very well because he always puts the offense first. Are we going defense first? No, No. let's take a look at the offensive (laughs) highlights. We'll start with Jalen Hurts. Four more touchdowns for number one on Saturday. Speaking of kind of up and down his performance, I mean, he, he was productive, but really for the first time this year, we saw some passes into danger. Yeah, we did, and that's something that we haven't seen. Now, I don't know if it's something that Kansas was doing specifically or what it was, but some dangerous throws. Maybe he just felt like uh, Kansas wasn't able to make those plays, but late throws across the middle, some some errant decision-making there, but ultimately another solid game for him. These are some of those games where Heisman hopefuls can go stumble, have a bad performance, uh, turn it over a couple of times, maybe just have one touchdown, but that wasn't the case for Jalen. Statistically, still a very strong performance from him. And uh, I, I think one of the things for me is the running game has had its ups and downs here recently, and I think that's been driven by the offensive line. But whenever that's slowed, I think Jalen's going to be, you know, he's going to feel the pain on that a little bit in the passing game. But all in all, solid performance for him, solid performance offensively. And here's a look at the running game a little bit. Trey Sermon got going. He had a couple of touchdowns, one on the ground, one through the air. And Ramondre Stevenson was a big story in this game as well. No Kennedy Brooks, a lot of run for Ramondre in the air and on the ground and especially late. I mean, that 61-yard touchdown he had in the fourth quarter was something to behold. He's a bull, man. He's a he's a guy that does not go down on first contact. He runs through guys. Uh, he's, you know, he's a bigger guy. I think he's listed around 220 pounds, but whenever he gets into the open field, he's got speed. He was separating from the Kansas defensive backs. I like him, and honestly, and we've seen this from Lincoln in the past, when a guy's got the hot hand, it doesn't matter where he started on the depth chart, Lincoln Riley's going to roll with him. So it wouldn't shock me at all if 
Ramondre Stevenson got a big share of carries in the OU Texas game, even though he's been what we would consider number three on the depth chart. I want to talk more about Ramondre in just a second, but let's take a look at some numbers. Sooners put up 45 points in this game. That is now 15 straight games where they have scored at least 34 or more points. And you see there they're chasing down the all-time record of 23 by the Oregon Ducks. Hard to imagine that streak is going to end anytime soon. And they've gotten to 34 or more, 15 straight games. What's the last game? Iowa State at home? I don't know the answer to that. It seems like uh, maybe I guess that can't be right. But, yeah, I I think this offense is going to keep clipping on Uh, Lincoln Riley. He manufactures points. He manufactures yards. uh, He's got skill guys that can score. They can do it in uh, just running fashion, old school, just right up the middle, take you down the field, or they can hit you over the top with deep passing plays, take it in chunks. Every single guy on the field is a home run threat. Running backs, uh, tight ends, wide receivers. So, yeah, it wouldn't shock me if that just continues to roll. All right, I want to talk more about uh, Ramondre Stevenson. And, and, you know, there's a term about running through trash in football. Mm-hmm. You saw some of those highlights. There were guys are grabbing at his ankles. They're trying to stand him up, and he just refuses to go down. That is P. Ryan-esque mm-hmm. right there. And I think you've compared him to Samaje before. How high is the ceiling for this kid? I mean, uh, he gets better and better. The more carries he gets, the the better he is. And I think Lincoln starts to get a feel. You know, the more carries a guy has, the more you see him out in in live action, you can start to develop, you know, some some plays specifically for his skills. And Lincoln is fantastic at that. We saw what he did with Joe Mixon, getting him some stuff out of the backfield. We've seen what he's done with several different guys just to find some plays that really highlight their capabilities. And I think he's great between the tackles. But I also think that he's a guy that's really good in the open field. I think a lot of times we feel like a player either has to be a between-the-tackles runner or has to be an outside-the-box runner. And from what I've seen from Ramondre so far, I think he can do both really well. You know what my uh, my man right here would mm-hmm. say? What's that? Ceiling is the roof. Ceiling's the roof. For Ramondre Stevenson. And I think Stevenson. that probably sums it up best. I think that says it all, doesn't it? Yeah. Before we talk about the defense, let's take a look at our AAA drive summary, AAA drive of the game. First scoring drive of the contest, I believe, for Oklahoma on Saturday. I like going through these with uh, you, Teddy, and we'll talk to Coach about it later. But Sooners down 7 nothing, trying to maybe get a little something done on the ground to start this Yeah, drive. starting off on the ground, and then they swing it out to Ramondre. And not a great throw there by Jalen, but he's still able to get it, settle himself, and get back upfield. Some good blocking by the wide receivers. And here they go, and you kind of see Lincoln right now. He's going sideline to sideline. Some outside stuff, and he's doing it both sides, covering the the entire field. And here's Jalen just going off script, turns into the scramble drill, kind of has to throw it away there. But, um, you know, that's that's one of those worries is the offensive line, and they've, had, they've been beat up a little bit, but I think ended up putting together a pretty good performance. And there you're finding a tight end down the seam, uh, really spreading the ball around to a bunch of different players here. And uh, running back stepping in, up in protection there, trying to help out the offensive line. We're going to see that more. You know, when your offensive line is struggling a little bit, you're going to use tight ends and running backs to help chip on the edge, give those guys some help. The minister finishes it off. Two-yard touchdown run. Sooners tied it up, but they would never look back. Scored 42 in a row, and they cruised from there. That's your triple-A drive summary. All right, let's talk uh, defense now. Struggled a little bit. Well, struggled a lot with Puka Williams last year. He went for 252 yards. 
He was the focal point defensively for good reason going into this game. And honestly, he, they held him much lower. He had 137, but there was a period there, especially in the first half, where he was slippery again. He's flashy, man. Yeah. I, you know, it's one of those things where you get out of there and giving up 130 uh, rushing yards to a guy for Kansas. You're like, how in the world is that possible? Well, you have to go watch this kid run. There's an unblocked defender in the backfield, uh, has him one-on-one and doesn't even touch the guy. That's how, how squeaky he is and turns it into a, a big run. Here again, they get that leverage. We lose contain, and then he's off into the secondary. This dude, he's legit. He's a, in my opinion, he's a Sunday player. Um, you know, if he was on a different team, a, a different offense in this conference, he'd put up massive numbers. And this little toss uh, power gave us problems. He cuts it back right here. We have our linebackers flowing over the top too fast because he's he's dangerous coming out the front side on that play too. So it's just difficult. And they did a good job, Kansas did, scheming him. Great vision there, finding the hole on the backside and, and outrunning some guys to pick up some good yards. He's a, he's a really, really good player. Sooners had three sacks on the day, did not get a takeaway. Had a couple of uh, turnover on downs. What were the bright spots for you defensively? Well, you know, I think they started off pretty good early. Um, I thought the pressure in the backfield, as you see here, was really good all day. Uh, Ronnie Perkins getting in on the action. Osamoa came in and, and added a sack later. And I think the bright spot with this defense continues to be the front seven. I'd like to see the turnovers. You know, that's that's the one thing that this, this group's really emphasized throughout the offseason is the turnover numbers, and they feel like they absolutely have to have them to be where they want to be defensively, and it's we're kind of at a slow pace right now. I think 23, 24 is the number that Alex, Alex Grinch wants to get to by the end of the season. It's going to have to pick up, and I'll tell you what, some turnovers would uh, would be really nice this weekend in the Cotton Bowl. Well, there's been some big ones in this game through the years. Here's where the Sooners rank defensively in some key categories. Third down conversion percentage defensively, fifth in the country. Scoring defense, they're giving up right at 19 points a game. That's 25th best. They see that turnover margin right now. They are at plus two steal. They, still, they have six takeaways. Now, that's not counting turnover on down, but uh, six takeaways plus two turnover margin. Hope to increase that if possible on Saturday. It's nice to be in, in some of those rankings, though. You know, yeah. it's it's been a while since we've been in the upper half. So to see them creeping up there in some of those numbers, uh, scoring defense being the top 25 right now, I think you've got to be happy with that. And honestly, as you look as this this schedule starts to go, you know, I, Texas is going to be the best offense we, we play for some time. I, I do think there's a chance our defense could have some lower scoring output numbers throughout the, the rest of this conference schedule. Here's a look of the history between these two bitter rivals. The game dates back to 1900 been held in Dallas since 1929. Sooners have won seven of the last 11. Last year in this game, Texas won on the Cameron Dicker field goal, but then they met again in the Big 12 championship and the Sooners won that one 39 to 27. We welcome you back inside Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. It's the huddle brought to you by Bud Light. Let's talk a little OU Texas now. Most of you out there don't know. I know because we uh, work together a lot. This guy actually played in the OU Texas rivalry. He was a, didn't didn't really do much. He he wasn't a was a bit player. What does this uh, when you think back to your playing days? When you think back to being in the middle of this game, what do you remember most? Well, I, other than the obvious, right? You know, I, I think one of the things that's changed is. I mean, it's it, it's still you're never going to make the game less important. But 
when there used to be the Big 12 uh, divisions, you know, you had to win this game, essentially. There's, there was no way around it. If you lost this game, uh, for the most part, it was going to be between OU and Texas in the South. So we always had it circled that if, if we don't win this game, we don't win the South, and we're probably not going to play for the Big 12 championship. So it was always super important, and it's obviously still super important. But, man, I, there is – there's there's teammates, there's guys that play for the same high school, and one guy goes to Texas, other guy goes to Oklahoma, and they hate each other. At least for one week out of the year, they hate each other. So there is um, there's more talking that goes on between the players from, from, from both sides in this game than has to be any other rivalry out there. Guys that play together on teams in the pros, I mean, there's always trash talk going on with this thing, and it starts as soon as you get there for pregame warm-ups. I mean, we've seen dust-ups in the, in the past in pregame. It's just – I know this sounds stupid. We hear it all the time. It's just different, you know. It's, it's different from the week of preparation. You wish you could prepare every week like it's Texas. I mean, you'd never lose a football game. Uh, it's just everyone, you know, cranks it up an extra notch. And, you know, it's intense. I think one of the, the interesting things about the game is – you know, we talk about how it's split 50-50 in the stands. And, well, yeah, that's cool, and it looks awesome, but th- I think it actually has an impact in the game. Whenever you're a road team and you go into an environment, you you get built up whenever you silence the, the home crowd, mm-hmm. right? Or whenever you're at home, you get built up whenever you hear the home crowd roar. But it's it it never stops there. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think there's there's some of these massive momentum swings that you just don't get anywhere else whenever you play at this neutral site and the way the stadium's set up. So I don't know, man. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'm I'm looking forward to the weather this year. It's looking good right now. Don't jinx anything. I know, but man, I feel like it's 120 degrees every time we play this game. Right now, they're predicting a high of 67 on Saturday, Mm. but we'll see. We'll see. Um, Let's talk about Texas, and we got to start with, uh, of course, Sam Ellinger. Well, the Sooners have had a hard time with this guy. He's impressive. He's a he's a tough, gritty guy. When you watched him as a freshman to where he is today, I mean, he's grown so much as a football player. He was a a bruiser, a one read, and then take off with the ball guy early in his career. And I think the team fed off that energy. But now he's smart with the football. He goes through his reads. He trusts his offensive line. He's an accurate passer down the field and on the short stuff. He can let the deep ball go. And there, when I watched him play early on, I was like, this kid's going to be a, a tough competitor, but I don't know that he's ever going to be a great quarterback. I was wrong. He's a good quarterback, man. He's he, he understands this offense. Tom Herman has really opened up the playbook with him compared to, you know, years past. They do a lot more stuff. So I think Sam Ellinger, he's got it all. He'll beat you with his legs. As you see here, he'll take off and run with the football. He's tough to tackle once he gets going downhill. He's a big kid. He's not scared to try and run over a linebacker. So, I mean, he's he's by far, and it's not even close, the best quarterback we've faced up to this point in the season. He's got three rushing touchdowns as well to add to those numbers you see there. So 20 touchdowns, two interceptions on the year. And a pretty impressive array of pass catchers for Texas as well. Devin DuVernay is having a big year for them. He's averaging 92 yards a game, four touchdowns. Brennan Eagles has four touchdowns. Colin Johnson, their biggest target coming into the year, has been hampered by injuries, but he's back this week. He's back, and that's going to be a tough matchup for us. 
whenever you have both Duvernay and Johnson out on the field. Uh, my hunch is they're going to try and put Johnson in the slot a lot against Buki. There's a big size mismatch there. We saw that a little bit with Basher. Texas Tech wasn't really able to take advantage of it very much, but they're going to like that matchup with Johnson blocking on some of the swing passes and stuff like that. And also, uh, you know, whenever it's it's one-on-one coverage, that size advantage. So it's going to be a big test for Buki this week. And it's a, it's a potent wide receiver core. Um, they've had some good guys there in the past. I think the, just the dynamics of the, the entire passing game have made they, made these guys a lot more dynamic than we've seen in years past. So I, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a good group of guys. And I'll tell you this, they haven't gotten much credit, but I think the offensive line for Texas has played a lot better than maybe people were giving them credit for or expecting this year. Looked pretty good, at, you know, for big chunks against LSU, who's really talented across their front, and they've looked good, you know, since. Um, really good protection for Ellinger uh, for the most part. So I think this offense is a, is a total unit. Run the ball well, throw the ball well. They've got a dangerous quarterback whenever he gets out and uses his legs as well. Running back position has been uh, – kind of cobbled together for him due to injuries. Keontae Ingram is their starter. He's a good one, 62 yards a game. He's got three touchdowns on the year. They had to move a backup quarterback, Roshan Johnson, to uh, running back as well. And he's turned into a pretty good running back. He went over 100 yards against West Virginia last week. But it's interesting what they've had to do there. No, it is. And I think they'll piece together enough stuff from what Oklahoma's seen to come up with a good game plan to try and run the football. Um, I do think that their passing attack against our secondary is going to be their their best advantage in, in what they want to attack the most. But you still have to run the football. I bet we get a lot of stretch. A lot of people want to attack the, a stunning defensive line by trying to stretch it and get outside and, and make guys miss their gaps. So it's not a great running game from Texas, but it's enough to keep you honest and keep you off balance whenever they've got those big wide receivers on the field. All right, let's talk about the Longhorns defense now. And well, that's the side of the ball. First off, they're they're young. They lost eight starters from a year ago. They've been ravaged by injury in the secondary. They come into play on Saturday, ranked number 126 out of 130 in, in pass defense. I'm not sure numbers of any kind mean anything when you go into this game. But defensively, it's been more of a struggle for Texas this year than it has in past years. It has, and they're coached really well. And that's the one thing that we've seen from this Texas defense in years past is – uh, are they the best? No, but they're coached really well. They're in position. They're tough. They tackle really well. But that's kind of the difference this year. They don't tackle well. And I think that has to do with the, the injuries they've had in the secondary. Some of their best players defensively haven't been able to be out there for them. So they've struggled. They've given up some bigger plays. I think the real strength of this unit is their front seven, specifically their defensive line. So I think maybe that's kind of where they're looking to, to try and have an advantage against Oklahoma. We've struggled a little bit, at least if, as you compare it to years past with our offensive line. Bit of a patchwork there. They've got a big, physical, athletic defensive line. And that's going to be the real challenge for us. If we get those guys blocked up, if we walk out of the Cotton Bowl uh, Saturday afternoon and say our offensive line played really well today, then I think we control this football game and win it handily. If we walk out of there saying, boy, our offensive line really struggled, then who knows down the stretch. 
This is a look at uh, we saw them struggling a bit on defense. Now here's them making some plays. And I mean, give them credit yeah. Four interceptions in this game on the road. Turned it over four times uh, against a, a kid that we know pretty well knows is a good quarterback. So you do have to give them credit for that. They forced those. Um, you know, they're an opportunistic defense, and I know they're they're down the 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 list roster-wise a little bit with some of the guys that are playing the secondary. But these are Texas kids. These are highly recruited athletes. These are these are four-star kids, four- and five-star kids. So they've got players there. They've got athletes there. And this is, you know, both sides of the ball going to be by far by a massive stretch the most talented roster that we faced. So those guys are going to have capabilities to make plays on you at any given time. Welcome back, everybody. Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. There he is. I told you he was here. Chris Hammonds, everybody. How you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me well, again. It's always fun to have you here. First, uh, Chris Hammonds of Laird Hammonds Laird, who is one of our great sponsors on the Sooner Radio Network and on Sooner Sports TV. But I want to start by talking to you about your uh, reality TV stardom. A lot of people out there saw you on Survivor this past year. I was glued to the set for the Amazing Race. I just I thought the bromance was going to come through. Uh, the bromance we did all right, but uh, at the end of the day, we we made some bad mistakes. We can't find gold in Croatia, apparently. So <laughs> it was not there. What was the adventure like traveling the world like that? Uh, you know, traveling the world was great. It was uh, long days of shooting, but it was a lot of fun. We had a blast. You know, Survivor like will kind of crush your soul, but Amazing Race was actually really fun. So well, one of the things I always when I watch the the reality shows like that I'm always wondering about the editing so when you go back and you watch it is it are there things that are cut out to make different scenes appear different a little bit or yeah definitely they edit it to make the story fit but yeah. uh, amazing race was closer than survivor survivor they'll really spin it around right. so yeah well, what did you do that you can't believe in hindsight that you did Jumping off a cliff in, in Switzerland with a rope tied around me, I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, it was just, it wasn't even a bungee cord, it was just a rope. I was like, what am I thinking? This is, it was the dumbest thing. I was like, but I did it. So. I don't know how many of you watched it, but there was one leg where they had the option to either fish or dance. <laughs> now, this is a boy from Oklahoma, folks. And he chose to dance. A Vietnamese dance at that, like a hip-hop. It was crazy. And he was terrible at it. The worst. My partner was worse than I am. I can't even clap. They were about five minutes into it, and he said, you know what? We should have gone fishing. Yeah. Yeah. So we went fishing, finally. Tell us about Laird Hammonds Laird. Laird Hammonds, we're trial lawyers. We actually go to court. We represent people who have been injured in uh, you know, car wrecks or however they've been injured and just help people out in Oklahoma. When did you know you were going to do that? When I mean, because I go back to whenever I knew you in college, and you were like everyone's – when he walked in the locker room, it's like you cower around, you look, look the other way. He was like the tough dude on the team. Never thought you'd be a lawyer. So when did you know that that's something you wanted to get into? You know, probably I, I probably had an inkling of it all through uh, college, but finally after, you know, you come to terms with your careers and maybe mm -hmm. over, and I thought, you know, law school, that's a chance to go out and help people and actually do something good in the community. So I just chose that, and I could hide in law school for three more years. Nice. So, <laughs> you know. What do you think about this OU football team? It's, uh, I, I love it. I love Jalen Hurts. As soon as I heard he was coming on the team, I thought, wow, this is a real this is a real get. I mean, I was a fan of his when he was riding the bench at Alabama because what a character guy, what a leader. 
What do you think about, I mean, Lincoln Riley, whenever you played, this new offense came in, right? Leach came in, and they're throwing the ball over, all over the yard, and it's like, oh, my God, they threw for 300 yards. You look at some of the numbers that these offenses put up. I mean, it's, it's crazy. You no, know, it's amazing what they've uh, evolved into over the years, even since we had it. And, uh, of course, Coach Riley is an expert in it at this point. And then you got great players, C.D. Lamb, the Jalen Hurts, everybody that's on OU's team. So the evolution of this has been really incredible, that these offenses, they can do anything. You got a key or two you think is important on Saturday against Texas? It's the same as always. Get through that initial adrenaline rush yeah. and play OU football ball we should beat them I mean don't turn the ball over Jalen I don't think it's going to and uh, just just stay the course and we should be okay I feel like it's and I, I don't know how you feel but this is a good Texas football team I feel more confident that Oklahoma is going to show up and play well whenever Texas is better whenever everyone's saying they're not very good they're you know they're not a good football team they got a losing record that's whenever I feel like maybe our guard's down and you go up in there and all of a sudden it's like, oh, my gosh, who are these guys? Do you feel that way, too? Like, the better the challenge, the better we respond to it? I do. I actually feel that exact same way this year. I'm not nearly as worried about this year because it seems like we've got our heads on straight and we're actually going up against a team that's it's a worthy opponent. But that I think that that's exactly how I feel. We're going to show up. We'll do our job. Don't turn the ball over. We'll win by a few touchdowns. You got a favorite memory from this game? You know, it's all good down there. It's all good. But yeah. my first one, I came out and an old country guy from my old hometown threw a football out of the stands to me to get signed <laughs> at halftime. And I was like, I carried around a ball from the, my know, first catch. You know, you yeah, know, yeah, came out of the stands and he just like, get that signed. And I was like, what? So, I mean, that was it just it awesome. hangs in my head. Are you here tonight to announce? That you're going to be on a new reality show. <laughs> I I wish I would uh, uh -huh. I would let y'all know right now. Big but brother. Big brother. My wife. I said, know you're not going to be on Dancing with the Stars. You know, I've seen that. No Dancing with the Stars. My wife said if I go on Big Brother, it might end in a divorce. So. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Hammonds, everybody, former student. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for being here tonight, Chris. Appreciate we appreciate it. There is a moment every year. Right before kickoff, when it feels like it all goes silent. The 100,000, the trumpets and the drums, the roar, it quiets, muted by the deafening pounding of your own heartbeat. It's just a moment. And then, here's the thing. In OU Texas, that little moment you had before kickoff, it was just the first. The moments, they don't stop. The bombs, the picks, the blocks, the kicks, the dives, the blitz, the high steps, the hits. Year after year, decade after decade, the moments, they tell the story. And today, you guessed it. A moment is coming. A moment that will live forever. A moment that will remind you why this is the greatest game on earth. A moment that will decide which color leaves this grand old coliseum with heads held high a moment is coming that of course is the voice of the legendary john brooks as we welcome you back to the huddle final segment we got a lot to do and let's start by taking a look back at the week that was in the big 12 conference uh, we've been talking about Texas. Of course, Texas goes up and handles West Virginia. Ah, handles them. They fell behind, pulled away in the second half. Texas wins it 42-31, to 31, a game in which Austin Kendall threw four interceptions. Yeah, you know, he threw four interceptions, but 
and I may be the only person that feels this way, but I feel like West Virginia is getting better week by week. Um, you know, a slow start to the season, but I feel like they're starting to come together a little bit. They're hitting on some plays. They're playing a little bit better defensively. I mean, if you look at the talent, this is a game Texas should have gone out there and just went up and down the field on West Virginia. But they struggled, and maybe they kind of had some of the same problems as Oklahoma, uh, you know, going on the road before OU Texas. But um, I feel like West Virginia is coming around. But Texas definitely the better football team. Ellinger has another uh, nice, clean football game. So I don't, I don't know. I, I think West Virginia is is making some strides. I don't think there'll be a big threat this year. But sounds to me like you're foreshadowing your pick coming up here in a bit. Could be. Could be. All right. Could be. Let's move on. Texas Tech had the upset of the week in the Big 12. The Cowboys went out to Lubbock and the Red Raiders and Jet Duffy all over him 45 35 i tell you i i thought the young uh sanders kid was gonna have some turnovers throughout this season and have some of those games where he looks like a redshirt freshman i just didn't know that all of those games were going to come at once in lubbock texas i mean uh five turnovers it's it's just one of those days that did not go well and you know we've been warned about this from gundy in the past about sanders he looks really good he makes some good plays but he's prone to turning the football over and it cost him and jet duffy had a really good football oh. game he's he started to settle into that role a little bit and he looked like a legitimate passer out there uh you know piling up the yards and touchdowns I did not see this coming from Texas Tech. Tech had seven sacks. Jet Duffy threw for 424 yards and four touchdowns. And Baylor remains the only other mm. undefeated team in the Big 12. They went into Manhattan and beat the Wildcats 31-12. to Baylor is a legitimate football team. The Brewer kid at quarterback plays well. And I think, did he get injured late in this yeah. football game? And their backup came in and played well. Uh, defensively, they're really good at getting to the quarterback. I think they lead the league in sacks. Um, this is a this is all around squad now, and it's taken Matt Rule a couple of years to get the talent there, to get some senior leadership on his teams. And uh, this squad's for real. Are they going to be able to knock off an Oklahoma or a Texas? Maybe, but I think right now they've solidified themselves as the third best team. They've got three nice wide receivers, two really good running backs, legit offensively. Yep. Here's a look at that scoreboard, of course, from Saturday. Iowa State, the other game at home, they put up 49 mm -hmm. points and beat TCU by 25. All right, so here's what's upcoming as we take a look at the red carpet charters. Big 12 report, three games of the conference this week. Ours, Texas Tech will go try to hang Baylor their first loss. And Iowa State at West Virginia. I, I, I mean, again, it's another good week of, of Big 12 football games. Um, Texas Tech, I would have said a week ago, Baylor's going to go in there and, or I guess they're at home, they're going to host Texas Tech and just go up and down the football field on these guys. After what Jet Duffy did Oklahoma State, I'm <laughs> right. not so sure. Right. Um, I think game. that could be a, a, a tighter football game than maybe we would have thought. And Iowa State, West Virginia, uh, yet again, Iowa State going on the road. They're starting to get some play out of their quarterback. Their offense looked dead to start off the year. And here recently, they started scoring some points. We're going to pick that game in a second, and it is time for our pick segment. Every week, we pick five games in uh, college football and keep a running total along with our producer, Zach Tilly, as to how we're doing. So let's take a look back at how we did in our pick segment last week before we make our picks this week. Let's take a look at how we, there it is. Iowa and Michigan, we all had Michigan. 
TCU at Iowa State. Teddy, you had the Frogs. That was not a great pick. We not all, a good pick. Arizona, Colorado, we all whiffed on that one. Auburn at Florida. I got one right there with the Gators, but I missed on the K-State Baylor game. So, overall, they're not a good week for you, Theodore. It wasn't. Uh, the standings up top. I'm tied with our producer, Zach Tilly, at 16-9. and nine. Teddy, you are two games you know, in the rear view. I get that. So, I pick TCU to win that football game. Iowa State's offense can't score. Okay, mm -hmm. TCU, I'm told over and over that how great their defense is, how great Gary mm -hmm. Patterson's defenses are, and they give up 49 to Iowa State. I That should not count against me. I w you we don't have time for you to justify bad picks. Let's okay. move on to this week's picks. Our first game is out of the SEC, Alabama at Texas A&M. Can the Aggies pull off the upset? No. No. I, Alabama is... They've had a little bit of rest. They've handled some of their issues over a bye week. They're about to get into uh, into regular season mode. They're going to start looking like Alabama. Uh, I feel sorry for A&M. They're about to run into a buzzsaw. So Bama big Bama is what you're predicting. big, yes. I, we're just picking who wins the game here. I think Alabama wins it, but I don't think it's as big as you do. I think this will be an interesting game, but Alabama finds a way to win. Uh, Zach Tilly, our producer, agrees. He's got Bama as well. How about this one out of the Pac-12? Mike Leach's Washington State Cougars at Herm Edwards' Arizona State Sun Devils. Arizona State's playing some good football. Yeah, they are. Um, they're coached well. They're a lot better than I thought they were going to be this year. But I don't know what it is. I just I can't pick against Leach. I just can't do it. You Washington <laughs> State, I'm, I'm going to take Washington State. It's, it's a character flaw that I have, but I take Washington State every time, and I'm probably going to lose the pick contest because of that's it. A, <laughs> that's a positive attitude. You are wrong about this. When Arizona State's going <laughs> to win it at home, uh, our producer Zach Tilly is going with you, though. He thinks Wazoo's going to pull off the upset. So. Great. At least if you go down, you go down with company. Uh, to the Big 12, Iowa State at West Virginia. You were hinting at picking West Virginia here. Uh, yeah, I'm hinting at picking West Virginia. It means I don't know, okay? I just, everyone's so inconsistent. Iowa State can't score, and then they put up 49 against the so-called best defense yeah. in the Big 12. Uh, West Virginia, they'll look good one week, they'll look bad the next. I'm taking Iowa State, but oh. it's a coin flip. I have no idea. Okay. I have no idea. I think, I think Iowa State's the better team. Even though it's on the road, I think they're, they're going to go in there and win. This is what Iowa State does. They start slow. They gradually get better and better and better as the year goes along. I got Iowa State. What's in fact, we're all taking Iowa State. I think Iowa State, I believe, correct me on this stat, they're the only team in the Big 12 that's undefeated in October over the last three years. I didn't know that. That's impressive. I think that's true. All right. Uh, Penn State at Iowa. Penn State unbeaten, trying to prove that they're a legitimate contender. Penn State is a really good football team. Iowa's a good squad, too, but uh, Penn State's going to go in there, and I, I think a lot of people are expecting a really tight football game, and I think Penn State absolutely rolls them. You're a believer in I'm the Nittany Lions. Yep, I am. Um, I think you're wrong again. I'm going to take uh, Iowa Hawkeyes at Kinnick Stadium. Penn State's bubble's about to be burst. By that the team that put up three, three points, points on Michigan. Well, that's part of the reason. I think they're embarrassed with what happened a week ago. I think you're going to come home and okay. play a lot better this week. I've got Iowa. Tilly's got Penn State as well. Last game is the other game of the day besides ours in college football. Florida, who got the big win last week over Auburn at LSU. I'm taking Louisiana State. 
I like the quarterback. I think they're talented on defense. Uh, this one would not shock me if Florida went in there and got the win. They've got some momentum right now, playing some really good football. Uh, woke some people up to, to how good they actually are. Um, you know, I picked Auburn. A lot of people picked Auburn to win that football game, and they dominated it. Uh, they've got some really good athletes uh, at the skill position spots. They figured it out. It looks like a little bit at quarterback. Uh, but I think LSU, being at home, is, uh, is the better football team all around. I expect a tight game, but... LSU and LSU is the only home team I'm taking in this entire week. Great win by Florida last week over Auburn. Mm -hmm. Getting patted on the back all week about how great of a win it was. They're going to get smashed in the bayou on wow. Saturday night. This Look is going to be a blowout. Tilly is going LSU as well. All right, that's our pickup segment. Let's roll in now to over-unders. We'll let you know how we did in last week's over-unders of the OU Kansas game. And then we will uh, pick this week's game for uh, the Sooners in Texas down in Dallas. So here's how last week went. 199 and a half combined receiving yards for Rambo and Hazelwood. The under hit. The what? yellows here are the correct ones. <laughs> There's only two. Uh, three and a half different OU players with a rushing touchdown. The under was right there. There was three. Two and a half takeaways by Speed D. They had none. 349 and a half total yards given up by the OU defense. Just over that for Kansas. So you see the standings at the top. I'm leading it at even 500, 10 and 10. Followed by Teddy two games back and Tilly three games back. You guys got to pick it up here. This got is embarrassing. This People is expect a, us to be experts. Right. This is going to be a big show. week. This is going to be a big week for us. All right, here we go. Nine and a half total touchdowns in the Red River Showdown. Nine and a half total touchdowns. I'm taking the over. I think this is going to be a game uh, with a lot of points in it. Um, I, I think the skill position players are on both sides of the ball probably about as good as we've seen. Wide receivers, uh, quarterbacks, this is a great unit. So I'm taking the over here. I'm going to take the under. I think it's going to be a little more defensive, a little more of a field goal game than people uh, anticipate. We've got to go quickly. 149 and a half rushing yards by the quarterbacks. Ellinger and Hurts combined. Over, I, under. I'm taking over. I think these guys are known to scramble a lot. I, I like both front sevens. I think they're going to be under pressure and try and escape. This is the easiest of our four questions for me. I think this goes over, and I think it goes over pretty easily. Half of a special, Tilly agrees, half of a special teams or defensive touchdown for OU. In other words, does OU score on defense or special teams? I'm taking an, I'm taking the over here. I think something happens. This, this game, yeah. there's crazy plays all the time. Kickoff returns for touchdowns, defensive plays. Give me the over. Something special is going to happen. Blocked punts. You mentioned yep. the kick. Something always happens in this game. I'm going to take the over as well. Tilly is taking the under. And finally, three and a half personal fouls combined called in this game. I'm hoping for the over. And I know, <laughs> now, come on. I know penalties <laughs> have been an issue kind of for both teams. Uh -huh. But don't we want this thing, Testy? And I... Yes. I would like some pregame personal fouls, right? <laughs> Throw some flags in the warm-ups, right? Let's are you get talking out about there. in the radio booth? Let's get up no. there face-to-face. -face. You're taking the over? Those are freebies. We can get some early penalties You're taking the freebies. over. Yes, I'm, I'm taking, taking the, over. the under, and my clarification is I believe the horns down thing is unsportsmanlike conduct, not a personal foul. So I'm taking the under, and Tilly's taking the over as well. Hey, quick reminder, you can join Teddy Toby, and of course, Coach Lincoln Riley, and my man Clark Stroud. Every single Tuesday, live from Rudy's, it's two hours of non-stop Sooner football talk with the huddle. That's Toby and Teddy, and that's the show you just heard. And the Lincoln Riley Coaches Show 
live from Rudy's here in Norman. Don't forget, Coach's Corner drops tomorrow morning as well as the scene setter. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing, and downloading the Sooner Sports Podcast. Have a great rest of your week, and Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Yeah.